0: This week on episode 24 of the Dying Alive podcast, the Penguins could win the division. Is that actually a bad thing? Jake Gensel scoring a lot of goals, guys. Whole lot of goals. And everybody in Canada is having problems. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, leave it in. All right. So now my question: which Which one of you two is not that?
0: me? It's not my house. <laughs>
1: oh. The timing couldn't have been better.
0: Somebody literally flushes the toilet at the beginning of the show. That's no music. That from this point forward, the only thing we use to introduce the show is sound of a toilet flushing. Just absolute. It's like it's like unleash the takes.
1: Well if that's if that's not a metaphor,
0: I don't know. Oh man. That is un- I want to just stress how unplanned this was. Are we just rolling? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, this is the show now. <laughs> like this is in the show.
1: <laughs>
0: You're, cutting this out. You're out of your mind. Oh. Anyway, uh 24 of the show. <laughs> I'm Jesse Marshall from the Athletic Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, somebody just went to the bathroom, and went in one of the next two people's homes, uh, Pat Damp of uh, the Pat,
2: it was me. It was my house. <laughs> <You're dropping kids. laughs>
0: well, we should
1: specify that it was not. It was not Pat. I hope yourself. not. Anyway. No,
2: that'd be that'd be damn impressive. Two places at once. Holy shit. <laughs> No pun intended. And as always,
0: uh, Mike Darnay from Pennsburg. Michael, not using the bathroom tonight.
1: Not at the moment, at least.
0: (laughs) You've had a couple. It's my understanding (laughs) (laughs) you've had a couple of drinks. I have had a few. Okay. How are we feeling? I'm okay. All right. Good. All right. Um, It's going to be fun. Anyway, (laughs) it's going to be great. So let's just uh, start out by mentioning the fact that Penguins are – playing the new york rangers right now um of course won't mention anything about the uh score here specifically uh as to avoid any spoilers for people that might be watching tomorrow night or something but um we will go back and look at the last week's games talk about the state of the union here um and uh look at the national hockey league as a whole so if i said to you that the penguins went three and three in their last six you'd probably be like oh it's a bummer but they did get 8 of 12 points. 12. Yeah, I,
1: I, think, I think it still can be a bummer, though, when you consider that two of those bonus points came because they basically gave games away at the end.
0: At the very end.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, a couple of them, if you look back at it, I, I don't fully subscribe to the throwing it away. Um, Carolina... Not really, Philly. Yes, I'll give you Nashville. No, that was a close game all around. It's it's frustrating because it happened so much in succession and so three times in a row. So I can see why it was frustrating, but I really only think one of them was an actual quote unquote giveaway.
0: You know, I'm gonna. Alan Saunders um, had a really good point of uh, Pittsburgh sports now said that uh goals count no matter when they're scored yeah and it made yeah. me it made me say like you know would anybody care if we were allowed if you know the, uh having a conversation if we were having a conversation about the penguins allowing a goal inside the first minute of every game the narrative would be oh my god they still have overcome this adversity of allowing a goal in the first minute of the game to get eight of twelve yeah
2: and and like i said the carolina one they gave away like i'll, I'll give you that or the Philly one they gave away – or no, Carolina. God damn it, Pat. Keep your fucking narrative straight. Um, but the Nashville one was the one that got annoying to me when everybody was like, oh, here we go again. They're at it again. Philly,
0: they, yeah, and they gave away Philly.
2: But but the, the, the Nashville one was like, oh, here we go again. They're at it again. They're going to piss away another game. And it's like every metric was tight. No, it
0: was a good game. Like
2: It was a playoff game. Yeah, and and
1: yeah, and, and, and the goal that was allowed wasn't – in the waning seconds of the game, there was still like what, three minutes left or so. Yeah. Two,
2: like two, three minutes
0: yeah. left.
1: And it was, it wasn't one of those six on five with 14 seconds left in the game.
0: And,
2: and I mean, I understand the frustration. You want them to close it out, but uh, at what point do you just have to throw your hands up and go, well, sometimes it's just shit luck.
0: Well, no, I mean, and let's be honest, you know, the Penguins have found it hard to score, uh, you know, up to points recently. And they, went through stretches earlier in the year where scoring came really easy to them. So this was due. Yeah. You know, this is the law of averages in action right here, folks. Yeah. And go, that's the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> toilet flush. Somebody flushed the toilet. Yeah,
2: <laughs> But I, I mean, I think overall you look at their entire body of work over the past six games, considering a, who they've played and b who they've been missing. And we're seeing a team that's starting to find its stride at the exact right moment.
0: Here's Penguins are, in my opinion. Change my mind. You ready? This is a little change my mind meme. The Penguins are a team that allows a lot of shots, doesn't take as many, but always outchances the opposition.
2: So they're who they've always been.
0: No, I don't think that's true because. I see where you're at. I see where your head's at, Pat. Follow me on this one now. 2016, first cup run with Mike Sullivan. Super disciplined defensively. That team, even via a metrics test, I test whatever you want to do, they were good at limiting shots. So you didn't get a ton of – now, probably because they were so good in the offensive zone, right? But doesn't matter how you accomplish the goal, right, at the end of the day. I think it's the same. So that team allowed not very many shots the uh second year uh the the nashville year they allowed a lot of shots but they took even they took just as many now they're not taking a ton they're just generating an obscene amount of high quality chances and no matter how many shots the other team racks up they're not gaining where the penguins are in terms of like expected goals the penguins are outpacing them even without having to take a high volume of shots, if that makes sense.
1: So so this is more like 2017 where they were not getting as many chances, but they were getting quality chances.
0: No, now they're getting a lot of chances and okay. of quality. <laughs> now they're getting a lot of quality chances all the time. And it's weird because they're not taking, they don't have to take a lot of shots to do that.
1: So, so the, the chances they're getting are almost all quality. Right on,
0: exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's so much so that even though they allow a lot, they're not allowing a lot of quality chances.
2: Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying. I mean, you yeah. you you threw that out on Twitter. What was that yesterday? That essentially, you know, if you go full spreadsheet boy. On your analysis of hockey that they play high event hockey better than just about anyone in the league.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And everybody's been saying, but think <coughs> about how this matches the eye test, guys, because everybody's been saying, well, when Latang went out, they really simplified their game. Right. Hasn't that that hasn't that been the narrative recently? Pretty much. OK, the data backs it up. They're not allowing a ton of high quality chances and they're generating way more. So in that sense they're kind of immune to the fact that they allow more shots. I mean that's not like a goal. You don't want to allow a lot of shots, but they're keeping the chances down enough that recently anyway I can li- you you can live with it I think. Yeah. And every let's be honest guys, everything's a lot easier whenever you're getting goaltending that's like a 970 save percentage. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, yeah, so when when you're getting goaltending like that, you can afford to give up a lot of shots.
0: Provided. Getting that getting that kind of goaltending is the equivalent of wiping your ass with a hundred dollar bills. <laughs> Just being like, I don't I got so much money I don't give a shit.
2: Well he is I'll, he is Matthew I'll, Money I'll, Murray, baby.
0: Uh that there's a lot to a narrative that's gotta stop. Pat, I know you probably want to talk about this. The the Murray narratives. It's Murray
2: and Kessel are the two that are killing me.
0: Is there a Kessel? See, here's the thing: I've tuned the Kessel thing out because you probably because you beat that drum so well, Pat, that I don't think anybody else has had to um, pointing out the fact that you know he's a point per game player.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean to to put a quick fine point on the Kessel thing: one, he's a point per game player; two, your power play still runs through him; and three. When your highest paid winger is producing at a point per game clip, he is earning his money. I and I understand. I will one hundred percent give you the concern at five on five. It makes sense, it's fair, it's a legitimate critique. But this idea that he's not effective and not producing is bullshit. Period end story.
0: People say Pat, to back your point up here. Well, well that point looks good, let me back it up. Well ge well juvenile for you yeah i was gonna say uh, you, you
2: had it right there I, I really thought you were gonna say genuine i was like nope nope, nope, nope. no no
0: no it's not
2: my pony um,
0: <laughs> by the way i do want to mention i am going to see earl sweatshirt thursday night damn um, yeah so i'm excited about that anyway point being people say well kessel's not scoring enough goals sure he's got a lot of assists but what about the goals? Oh, oh, does it matter? Do, does it matter who scores the goal? No, they still count. <laughs> like <laughs> the thing is, like, it's a goal no matter what.
2: You're talking to like, a guy who sucks at math. I can still tell you, goals <laughs> still they still count. Uh, and then you're
0: talking about a guy who you're talking about a guy who only intentionally scored goals in his hockey career, like maybe five or six times. Pretty much every other, every other one went off me. Yeah, so I know about taking them when they come.
2: Uh, but then for Matt Murray, okay here's what kills me it's the fact that it's similar to what alan said about the narrative of they uh they gave up a goal late it doesn't matter when they're scored they still count all count for the same if matt murray gave up a goal to start the game and still played 970 960 950 hockey the rest of the way out the narrative would be completely flipped, but instead, everybody's like, "Oh well, he he let them he let them back in the game." No, he didn't. Like, it, it's it, it's funny how when a team scores early, your opponent scores early, it's looked at as a failing of the whole team. Well, they they didn't start the game on time. It's it, it, they got to have a better start. They got to be ready to go out of the gate. You give up a goal late, and it's like, whew, where was the goalie on that one? Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're right. Yeah, you're right. Like now, <laughs> the now, narrative flips on its head. How now dare, I dare, how I, dare that high glove shot that was beautifully placed off the crossbar in one nook where no goaltender could touch it? How he, dare he not say that?
1: I I don't disagree with any of this, but I do think that the mention of the first minute might not be the best example. Because we have seen time and again when you allow a team to score in the first minute, especially on the road, I feel like there's a tendency for the floodgates to open.
2: No, you're right. You're right. It's just the point I'm making is like you look at the way it's described in general, right? You give up a goal in the first minute, home or on the road, It's they didn't start the game on time. They, they're they looking sluggish early. But then you give up a goal in the last minute, and all of a sudden it becomes the goalies, solely the goal, goalie's fault. It's not... The, the, it's on a failing of the
0: team. Yeah, um, we got to probably talk about Eric Branson because I'm gonna talk a little bit about him on the athletic this week. But uh, I feel like we're at a point where things have kind of stabilized now, and he's remained good. Mike, did you have a tweet about his uh, hilarious chasing down of Connor Sherry?
1: I did. It was um. From at tough call blog, they had posted a video um, from the Buffalo game when Connor Sherry had basically a half breakaway coming. He had gotten in behind to Branson. Um, and as, these, as the, the tweet was written, it said how Connor Sherry took 13 strides. In that same time, Eric Branson took eight strides and was back in front of him or back behind him rather.
0: Yeah, so, that was comical.
1: So we had talked about that two weeks ago where a guy with his size and the way he skates has a longer stride, so he might look slower, but he can make up ground faster.
2: Right. I called it Jordan Stahl syndrome. Yeah, it's
0: the old Stahl. Uh, like, oh,
2: he, he's not fast. He doesn't move well. Well, no, he just doesn't look like it because he's not taking 13 yeah. strides to get 15 feet.
1: I mean, a barge doesn't move well along the river, but I wouldn't want to get in its way. That's
0: Good Branson's nickname, Barge.
2: The Barge. <laughs> the Barge. Speaking of speaking of, speaking of Good Branson, uh, gotta read gotta read a good text message here from uh, Twitterless Rez of the Pens blog. He texted us this evening uh, for this game and said, "The bar for Good Branson is so ridiculously low. He gets a shot on goal, and I think, hey, wow, yeah, look at you, great try, bud. You keep that up." <laughs>
0: It's like a very. It's it's the same as Justin Schultz when he came here. It's like a very nurturing environment. It's like oh, oh, <laughs> oh you playing defense there, pal? You playing defense? He's like a little Boys, baby never, bird. Oh, look it's at like you! you new here. <laughs> um, a baby bird that will crush your skull. <laughs> 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 um, no, I. So last week on the last week, the last time we did a show, um, we were talking about. I, I mentioned I needed to look into who he was playing with. Uh, almost exclusively with Phil Kessel, which makes his good possession results all the more interesting because Kessel's traditionally, you know, in the outhouse from a possession perspective.
2: Yeah, he's a he's a shoot and go kind of guy, not a hold the puck kind of guy.
0: Yeah, he's not sticking around for brunch. <laughs> it's a bad bad decision.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm
1: bi- I'm big on brunch. <laughs>
2: I think I just found our show title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's a fun one, folks. Yeah. It's been a while. Anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So moving along, Jake Gensel, boy, oh, boy. Mm. On pace for 41 goals. 41 of those goals. Boy, here's the thing. Remember when we when all kind
2: of sw- took the under?
0: Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that at the end of the regular season. And will feel shame, except for me, because I don't think I actually gave a prediction on that. You were you were incorrect, on the record. You get you went you went under. I disagree. Uh, I did. You know why? It was Dom's model. Dom's goddamn model got in my head, and I went under because of it.
1: Don't yeah. blame the fucking model. Yeah, six spreadsheets, nerds.
0: Yeah. Anyway, um, there's a you get that forty goal moniker when you do it. You know, like, it sticks with you for the rest of your
1: career. Yeah, I mean, people still talk about James Neal scoring 40 here in, that 2012?
0: Yep. yep. It'll never go away. And for his age and tenure, pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. I'd say uh, worked out well, given the timing of when he got his contract extension for the Penguins' sake. Yeah. Thank God
2: for that. Saved yeah. a lot of money on that. And I also think, too, I mean, I, you know, much like the Kessel and Murray narratives, I beat the ever-living piss out of this but um he's just continually proving that he's not just a product of Sidney Crosby he's not just the guy who found the the chemistry with Sid like it's there for sure but just you watch the way the guy gets himself into the soft areas and the scoring zones when he's on the ice and you can't teach that you either have it or you don't it's a hockey sense you
0: can't teach
2: <laughs> <That>. <laughs> but you just you either have it or you don't and Gensel has it he knows where to go and how to score like example um a kid i played with you know to, like we said in the last episode that i got that head coaching gig a kid i played with on that team he was like oh man i i wish i could coach with you i was like you're not gonna and he was like why i was like dude you, you can't coach like you were a goal scorer in the sense that you just knew where to be like if you were to try to teach that to a kid, there's no way to. You can't be like, man, you just got to go where you got to go to score. Well, how? Well, you, you just go there.
0: Here, here's, why you're, here's why you're right is because when you start to teach that, it becomes a conscious effort and having to think about it automatically negates the benefit of it.
2: Right, exactly.
0: You're, you're, you're automatically now second-guessing every decision you make in an effort to try to, quote-unquote, be in the right place.
2: And a lot of that, I think, also, to almost be contradictory on this, is that he's also a coach's kid. Uh,
0: I mentioned on The Athletic last week, there was a a funny instance, um, I believe it was against Carolina, actually, when the Penguins, uh, who didn't particularly play well in the first period, at the end of the first period, Dan Potash spoke to Jacques Martin, Yes, and uh, Jacques Martin. The, the the point being, you know, Carolina was really flooding the defensive zone with bodies. They constantly had four guys down low, and as a result, the Penguins were avoiding the slot because there was no open area there. Um, the, the Canes had essentially eaten it up, and the Penguins found themselves involved in a lot of nonsensical board battles, perimeter hockey. You know, without actually getting anywhere with the puck, <clears throat> Jacques Martin said, "We have to, we have to, and this is you know the French Canadian version. Uh, we have to count our numbers. <laughs> you know, there's generally what you count would be numbers. Um, but what he's saying is we need to be ahead. We need to keep a forward ahead of their fourth man. So if Carolina is going to flood the zone, we need to be ahead of that. We need to sit in a high slot and and, and work backwards almost, get away from that flood." And then, you know, not even 10 minutes later, Jake Gensel scores a goal identical to exactly what Jacques Martin was talking about. So, like, in that sense, Jake Gensel, the reason I bring this up is because, to your point, not only can he naturally settle into those areas, he can be taught to go to those areas. Like, he is a coach's kid. So you watch him executing something that the assistant coach pointed out verbatim and scoring a goal off of it. You're like, oh, wow. Maybe there's more than meets the eye to this one.
1: Yeah, it's not an instance where a goal scorer is like, no, I'm going to do it my way because I can score 40 goals. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So keeping with the games that have happened since we last recorded, obviously everybody that's listening now knows that if getting Malkins out week to week with upper body injury, we're all just assuming and we're going to probably rightly assume that it was the Robert Bortuzzo hit against St. Louis.
1: Yeah. Probably broken ribs, bruised ribs.
2: I mean, it has to be right, and that—that that was one of those moments where, like, I know it gets talked about all the time with NHL officiating, but how do you miss that one?
1: Well, if it's the NHL, so very easily. Uh, yeah, apparently. Yeah. Agree. Um, <laughs> Pat, Pat was Pat, the, the delay was because Pat was chugging his beer. It
0: was. Well you had a Coors Banquet there, Pat. I'm I'm a big proponent of Coors Banquet. No, listen, it's super underrated. It's the banquet. That's here. what I was
2: gonna say. If if it's you're if you're drinking Coors Light, get out of my face, but banquet.
0: I'm here nah, for it. Coors light's it. disgusting. Terrible.
2: Absolutely terrible.
0: I got a uh <laughs> Is that not rat poisoning? Cranberry citrus tonight. No grapefruit. <laughs> no grapefruit. I did polish a case of it off this weekend. A case. It's only 12 cans, and I'm (laughs) splitting them with my wife.
1: I was thinking, like, 30-pack.
0: They don't sell 30-packs of LaCroix that I'm aware of. (laughs) (laughs) This also isn't.
2: Tossing it it over your shoulder like a frat boy, like, yeah, I got my 30-rack of LaCroix. got my
0: 30-rack of LaCroix. (laughs) Then you get wild on it.
2: I will. I will say this episode I am, uh, is off the goddamn rails.
0: <laughs> no, because people were bitching that we don't talk about food anymore. So this is for you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna address that in a little bit. Okay. Uh, the other thing I was gonna mention. I'm watching the Wire. Have not. I'm watching it for the first pack. <laughs> did you watch the Wire? I never did. I need to. Okay. All right. Well, I'm doing it. If anybody wants to jump in, back to the hockey. <laughs> uh, one thing we probably should mention is also that Chris Letang is out again. Uh, which is just damn disappointing. Um, concern? no, are we at threat level midnight? No.
1: Um, not until we're told otherwise that it's gonna be long term, I'd say.
2: I, I, you know what? I think a lot of it was he was he probably had some soreness, and they were like, you know what we're we're playing the Rangers take a night off. like we got we got bigger fish to fry. we got mm-hmm. more important things coming just take a seat.
0: Yeah, um, and this this whole 6-on-5 thing, Mike, you got something for us on the 6-on-5?
1: Uh, yeah, this is from Tom Galitti from the NHL Network. Um, this was before the Nashville game, so this stat has not changed as far as I know. Um, <clears throat> this was during the Carolina game, I believe. Said that's the 7th 6-on-5, five, or 5-on-6 five rather, goal. The Penguins have allowed this season. Only Detroit, Chicago, and New Jersey have given up more with eight. Capitals and Leafs also have given up seven.
0: Here's the thing, can't allow six on five goals unless you're winning. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean that's true. And (laughs) and and the fact that
2: You know, he's right.
1: Capitals and Leafs have also given up seven, so it's not like they're in company by themselves. But
2: I'd I'd make that addendum that they're not in that company by themselves i go more with the – they're in company of teams that
0: are also pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, dance around the league real quick here. Take a little spin around the National Hockey League. Let's start with the most recent news, and I think somebody's going to have to t- uh, check on Drew Dowdy's diaper because it sounds full – he filled it twice today. Two times he <laughs> filled it. Drew Dowdy is a pissed baby. And
2: folks, <laughs> and folks, just so you know, Mike Darnay of this podcast killed even more trees to bring this news to us.
1: I did. Now, um, Drew Dowdy is. It's not exactly surprising, given that we are talking about Drew Dowdy.
0: Now, if I was, if somebody said to me, predict this pissed baby by this quote, I would get. Drew Doughty. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, no so, question
2: asked.
0: <laughs> so
1: first.
2: Um, or Henrik
0: Lundqvist if, if,
2: if I thought otherwise.
1: So these two things came out two hours apart, which is almost impressive. Um, first, this is from Eric Francis. Drew Doughty just teed off on Matthew Kachuk, who he will face tonight. Quote, no respect for him. None. I respect everyone else. I'll never talk to him off the ice. He's not respected by most of the people in the league. It's not just me. That's just a fact.
2: Uh, Sir, this is a Wendy's.
1: (laughs) Now, for context, two years ago, Matthew Kachuk elbowed the shit out of Drew Doughty in the face. And I'm guessing that's what this is still stemming
0: back from. But it's like, all right, now you're speaking for everybody in the league. Yeah, Drew Doughty is the moral compass of the National Hockey League. Is, the respect the meter if you will. Isn't, isn't
2: Drew Doughty the dipshit that negotiated his own contract without an agent? I believe so. Yeah, that, that was stupid.
1: So uh, two hours later, he may have one-upped himself. I'll let you guys decide that. This is from Ryan Leslie. Drew Doughty speaking on the Norris race. Quote, all you've got to do is watch one San Jose Sharks game and you'll see Brent Burns get beat three times a game. Literally. And everybody has him up for the Norris. I just don't get it.
2: Again, sir, uh, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> Please specify what food
0: you would like. Drew Dowdy's minus thirty this year. <laughs> but the, <laughs> minus the minus thirty. The, riches, the plus richest the richest part minus. of this
1: the richest part of this is we are talking about a guy. Who the Norris voters decided he was due and it was his turn, so that's why he won.
0: Yeah, it no. was just it was just no. He won go-around. on his own
2: merits, no.
0: My gosh, what a baby. Unbelievable. And listen, if you if I have it honest to God, if I have a defenseman who's playing 30 minutes a night against the other teams top competition, even strength, power play, and shorthanded, and he only gets beat three <laughs> times a night. Oh, sign me up. Any scores scores at obscene rates, I'm in. All I
1: want is uh, a live look in at Brent Burns when he found
0: out what was said. He probably didn't even care. He probably probably laughed (laughs) hysterically. I'm sorry, the Kings in the playoffs? Who? Drew Doughty... And again, I hate plus-minus as a stat, but anytime it's it's that extreme, you got to mention it. Yeah. Drew Doughty is getting beat 19 times a game. (laughs) Yeah, we've said that on this
2: podcast. Like, yeah, plus-minus is an outdated stat. But once you get, like, north or south of, like, 25, you can probably look at it.
1: So um, Drew Doughty wasn't the most insane Canadian to go off this past week. I think you have you have that covered here, Jesse, right?
0: Well, I mean, look, where do you want to start, East Coast or West Coast?
2: <laughs> Let's go West Coast and start with uh, the team that doesn't constantly step on their own dick because of their owner.
0: Yeah, so Nicholson uh, in Edmonton basically blames Tobias Reeder for uh, not scoring 10 to 12 goals, which would have certainly gotten the Oilers into the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, wait, 12, wait, wait, Jesse. Twelve,
2: 12 goals <laughs> equals playoffs. Jesse, yeah. Who was it from the Athletic that made that that ran that theory through that like put where they were in the standings and the team around teams around them and basically like added twelve goals and found out the Oilers would be exactly where they are <laughs> right now if you added
0: twelve goals to their differential. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who did that. Uh, I mean, and, I mean, even
1: being generous, twelve goals might gain you a couple standing points at most.
0: Yeah, I believe, if I remember correctly, Eric Tolsky's model, it was six goals is good for a point.
1: So we're talking about two points. So we're talking one regulation
0: win. One regulation win that you would have gotten from Tobias... Scoring and, a couple and, extra and, points. And there.
2: to to Nicholson's credit, he basically came out and talked to Reader and said he was sorry. It was oh, he after, kissed his after, own ass yeah. after
0: he
1: got after he got ethered into oblivion. Which yeah, is fa- but,
2: but, but, but here's the thing. If we move east, there's someone who doesn't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Eugene Melnick sabotages his own fans <laughs> and says uh that the people in the building the real fans know what Ottawa is building. Uh, the real fans. Uh, yeah, hi. That's a stinger. How hi. many? How
1: many of them are left at this point?
2: <laughs> yeah, hi, uh, Mr. Melnick, uh, P- Pat Damp, Penn's blog. Yeah, no, they gave me a credential. Don't worry about it. Just let me get my question out, please. Um, so after these said, "quote unquote" fake fans gave you a kidney, this is how you repay them. <laughs>
0: No, no, Um, I'll I'll hang up and listen. I mean, and that's the thing is, like, the Rangers are bad right now, but they have, like, they put out that one statement and then that was it. You know, like, they wrote that letter to the fans, like, hey, we're going to rebuild. Stick around. They haven't come back out every month and been like, we're still rebuilding. (laughs) 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 They haven't done that. Like, there hasn't been a need for a constant reminder of the rebuilding. Listen, They also haven't completely botched every trade that they've made. Listen, I understand
2: if you work in the front office as their PR person, whoever it may be, I know that he is the guy that signs your paycheck. But oh my God, stop having this much dereliction of duty. Put a shock collar on him or something. And anytime he wants to go to TSN or Sportsnet, just press that button. No, stop. Talking. I mean, they're
1: basically the Ottawa Centers are basically at the point where they're going to be making uh, press releases
2: via the iPhone Notes app. It's, and the thing is, if you look at their farm system, it's not that bad. It's (laughs) actually pretty good. But no fans have faith in it, not because of the GM, but because of the owner. Mm -hmm. Like, if he would just shut up for. 10 minutes, people would be okay.
1: Yeah. One, one more league-wide thing, non-Canadian related. Um, how tight do you think emotions are in Columbus right now?
0: Oh, I, I, oh. It's full-on puckered assholes in Columbus.
1: Yeah, I mean, they lost three in a row. They I saw they won big in Vancouver last night. But if they had lost that game, they would have been in deep
0: trouble. I mean we're all in agreement that if they don't make it the first thing that happens is torts is gone.
1: Probably torts and Kekalina. Yeah, it's it's gotta be both.
2: And, and and you know what? Like I'm so torn on this because I want I'm not. <laughs> I not. I, I want well, <laughs> hear me out and you understand. I want full chaos. I want them to miss the playoffs. Like you empty the tank, throw out the entire farm system and all the cupboard and you miss the playoffs. But at the same time, it is such a stupid-ass copycat league that if a team that emptied the tank in the farm system and blew it up to go for a run misses the playoffs, the trade deadline gets even more boring. Yeah. Uh,
0: Some men just want to watch the world burn. Yes, yes, they do. (laughs) Um... Do we have any other notes around the uh, rest of the league? There, I don't think so. Um, got another, got another Nashville, uh, Nashville game on Friday.
2: I was going to say the other note that I had was that uh, it doesn't matter how hard you fail as a National Hockey League executive, because guess what? Peter Chiarelli was seen palling around with St. Louis's front office. So, <laughs> <sighs> why? <laughs> How many times does he have to screw everything up before people stop hiring
0: him? A he's whole a strong, lot, apparently. He's, he's the strong hockey man. Oh. He's one of the hockey men. Oh, why won't this sport just let us love it and smarten up? Now this, this is fun. I don't know what you're all jammed up about. <laughs> I, I don't
2: care Like if he does it to St. Louis because I, I frequently forget they exist. But Edmonton and Connor McDavid, you were given a nuclear weapon and you blew
0: yourself up. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hit the music.
1: Okay. Um, this was alluded to earlier by Jesse. First question is from Drew Dunn when did this stop being a food cat food podcast the food well, my cat. answer food,
2: the food cast
1: shut, shut the fuck up my, when the people stopped asking food questions yeah you you you, you people are the ones providing the questions whoa, here.
2: whoa you yeah. people fuck you man yeah. said what i said <laughs>
1: uh let's see kevin reuter asks what was your favorite class in high school or college you ever attended and why
2: um i took forensic science my senior year of high school and it was a it was really cool
1: when i was at cal u i took uh introduction to rock and roll
0: (laughs) (laughs) i took a uh, literary theory course with dr grant snyder at point park all right nerd All right. This is what, a rock and roll. What was your favorite thing about the class? Dr. Grant Snyder. He's just a good teacher. So I took it. That's fair. That just sounds like a that is a professor name if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Now he teaches Krav Maga at Ferris State. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, that's he
2: th- Fer- that he works at That's at Ferris
0: State now and he teaches Krav Maga and English still. <laughs>
2: English That's with a side of whoop ass. Yeah, yeah.
0: May I ask, what is Krav Maga? It's like, uh, it's like jujitsu sort of type. Oh, wrestling, okay. punching type shit. Okay. So he's badass. Yeah. Okay. Hell <clears> throat> of throat> a salmon fisherman as well. Can we get this guy on and interview him? <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. How are you? How are you on? Let's
1: talk uh, about the Bulldog. Morgan asks, There's no laws for 24 hours. What's the first thing you do? Oh, man. I'm a law-abiding citizen.
2: Like uh,
1: the movie? Sure. I don't watch. You know I haven't seen it. That's right. Shit, you don't watch movies.
0: I'm just going to try to steal as much money as I can. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I'm stealing as much money as I can. Yeah, that's fine. Get me as much currency as I can. Like, yeah.
1: Uh, Matt Cause asks who is in your final four? Final. Duke,
0: Tennessee, Florida State, and North Carolina.
1: I picked all four number no, one seeds. Oh no, that's I, not right. I picked all four number one seeds because I'm a piece of shit.
0: Do I have Virginia in there? I do. Virginia uh, I yeah, Duke, North Carolina. All I, Oregon fucked me. I'm 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 so disinterested.
2: I, I did one, but I think I forgot to hit save, so I don't remember. <laughs>
1: Ah, Stoosh asks, what was the best concert you ever
2: attended? Bruce Springsteen, 2009 at Mellon Arena.
0: Oh.
2: It was right as the Penguins were dismantling
0: the Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Final. Rufio, brand new and taking back Sunday 2004. (sighs) That's a hell of a lineup. I saw. uh, And Dashboard Confessional.
1: Blink-182 at Starlake. I think it was 2009, right after the Penguins won the Cup. Um, What else we got here? Peep. Uh, uh, (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) If if you could egg one of the following three people in the head and get away with it, who would it be and why? A, Tim Peel. (laughs) B, Tom Wilson. (laughs) C, Grant Paulson. Oh, my God.
0: Dude, 100% Tim Peel. I don't uh, harbor. It's gotta be Dude, Tim
2: Peel.
1: Can you imagine someone. how good it would feel to smash an egg on the back of Tim Peel's head? <laughs> oh.
2: That kid is a hero. Yeah. That kid is my hero. <laughs> Especially because, Mike, we talked about this. The kid didn't run, he knuckled up. He was like, let's you, do this. He, he smashed he was the egg. He was like, let's go.
0: Dude, Egg Kid was a badass.
1: Uh, Brad Smith asks, "Most meaningless death on Game of Thrones." Notes that his personal opinion is Rickon. Oh shit! I had this. Hold on, I gotta look it up. I forgot.
0: Most meaningless death on Game of Thrones.
1: No. It's hard to. It's hard to come up with meaningless because if it's most meaningless, it kind of has some meaning, right?
2: Yeah, and it's also your, you know admitting that i'm gonna go with uh the waif she sucked
0: yeah
2: uh renly baratheon was mine that was it oh good one yeah we all knew he wasn't taking the throne come on
1: yeah yeah and that was kind of like a weird part of the storyline too so it was like all right cool bye um let's see what else we got here uh pat i'm sure you're gonna have some input on this one all right this is from josh have you guys ever been to a Wheeling Nailers game? Ah. <laughs> uh, he asks, how was your experience? Did KC Piero, Zabattel have anything to do with it? Okay. S- and then I got a follow-up after. After uh, so I,
0: uh, CPZ was not there when I went, uh, but I did go down for, I believe it's Dollar Beer Night, Pat. Is that right? Frosty Friday. Frosty Friday. I was there with uh, a couple of the other uh, ex-Pens bloggers. That was the lockout year, uh, right? Uh, don't know, but I know that Pen, uh, Penn's um, Penn's Nation Ken had a trumpet.
2: <laughs> okay, so like an
0: actual trumpet,
2: Josh. I don't know if you know this. I guess not. I worked for the Wheeling Nailers for about three years. I was in their front not office. A big deal to you? Not a big deal at all. Um, so I've been to plenty. <laughs> um, I do have a good Wheeling Nailers game story well before i worked for them though when i was still a hockey player early in high school we played wheeling's travel team at their arena and we stayed for the day and went to a nailer's game that night a couple of teammates and myself bought one of those Noisemaker horns that they sell at i believe
0: the, it's a vuvuzela. a
2: vuvuzela and we just kept screwing around with it and the person in front of us eventually had enough and let us know that they were a season ticket holder and to my teammate's credit he let the guy get all of his grievances out and as soon as he finished talking just went Bleh. and then a security <laughs> guard walked us out well, i think
0: we were sitting right next to the same person because we had another where people maybe just don't like noise <laughs> That's also possible. And, um, there was a confrontation at the game we were at as well. And the dollar beers played a role. As for CPZ,
2: <laughs> in 2016, when the Wheeling Nailers went to the Kelly Cup final and I was working for the team, CPZ was on the Allen Americans, who the Nailers played in that final. And let me just say, fans were not nice to him.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, the follow up question. Is who is the most noteworthy player you watched play on a lower level? I assume he means watch live. Um, and he notes Connor McDavid playing in Erie, for
0: example. I watched Connor McDavid play in Erie. He, was he was that when
1: he was on the same team with uh the, Dylan Strom and the Brinquet?
0: Yeah, because it's a
2: year before he got Jesus. <clears throat> uh, for me, it was only one game and he hasn't come up to the NHL yet, I don't think. Uh, was Ethan Prow. He got sent down to Wheeling for a game, and you could tell he did not belong in the ECHL. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Mike Neurer asks Well, he mentions the shift clock on the NBC broadcast for the Penguins Flyers game and how
2: it sucks. So goddamn stupid.
1: He asks about what changes to the on screen graphics you would actually like to see during live play
2: a shot counter for sure
1: yeah that'd be nice um not even related to the game itself it bugs me when nbc particularly with their score bug when the colors on there don't match the color the team's wearing
0: yes i just don't like dual camera angles in hockey yeah
2: it just like, doesn't just work
0: give me the wide view I just want to be able to like take the game in. I don't yeah
2: I, I don't mind the dual camera angles as a setup shot to like give you perspective of like where we are on the ice right before the puck drops right. but as soon as the puck drops get me right back to the wide angle
1: yeah like um at t sports root sports whoever they are now a lot of times they'll do that straight overhead shot for the opening face off and then they're they cut to a regular. Exactly.
2: And, and th- I'm totally cool with that. But stick with the red line center ice camera. 99% of the game. I don't need anything else. Yeah.
1: Uh, this isn't so much a question as a statement from Tim Fielder. He says, you guys said Sidney Crosby sits upon the Iron Throne. He says, Craig Adams was little finger to Dan Biles. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Oh, he is so not wrong, and thank God Phil Kessel beat that streak. Yeah,
1: yeah, that was good. Uh, Claire asks if someone is visiting Pittsburgh for a day, what should they do and where should they eat? Say that again. If uh, Claire asks if someone is visiting Pittsburgh for a day, what should they do and where should they eat? They should go to Mike and Tony's. I agree, hundred percent. And they and, should and, and, and visit the Strip District.
0: Yeah, just go to the strip.
2: Go to the strip, and the only or the
0: history center.
2: Um, yeah. I don't want to say don't go to Permane's, but if you do, it has to be the strip district one. Do not go to anything but the original.
1: Fine. Uh, Josh Downey asks, "What Penguins moment makes you tear up slash get chills every time you see it?" He says, "For him, it's watching the Benino winner against Washington."
2: Ooh, that's tough. Uh, Lemieux's comeback goal in two thousands up there.
0: Yeah, that's up there. Crosby's yeah. comeback goal against the Islanders.
2: I would say non an
1: off-ice moment. Well, technically, it was on ice when Lemieux announced the team was staying in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah. Lemieux's go-ahead well goal against Chicago. Game 1, 1992. There's, there's a lot to pick from here. Lemieux's goal in game six against Buffalo that forced overtime with, like, 18 seconds left. Yes, man. Eddie Olchek was whooping in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Marty Straka's overtime goal where he robbed Sergei Gonchar.
1: Darius Kasperidis beating Dominik Hasek clean. Um... He, I Peter's Picora
0: calls it in overtime. Yeah, th-
1: this th- this could be a whole episode. It
0: has to be
2: it has to be the one Hockey Night in Canada call, but the uh 2009 Cup after they win and oh god, who is it? I'm
0: blank. Bob Cole?
2: I don't think it's is it Bob Cole? It was, or was it uh Terry Jim- Neal? One of them just goes, "They've done it. The Penguins have done it." Uh, I that. Okay,
1: and last question is from Meta: Most underrated forward, defenseman, and goalie in the NHL in each of your opinions?
0: Uh, so she wants one at every position. Correct. Most defense, Josh Morrison. Forward, Sebastian Ajo. Forward, Alexander Barkov.
1: Fuck you. <laughs> um, hang on. Def- that was my pick. Defenseman. He- you want Barkov? No, uh no, you can have Barkov, I'll take uh Johnny Gaudreau.
0: Yeah. Sad that we have to say underrated for him. I know. Sebastian Ajo is a good pick by the way.
2: Uh defenseman. Defenseman for me is Giordano just because he plays in the West, so he doesn't get as much hype. I'd say Morgan Riley. Riley's a good pick. Riley's a sneaky good pick. Yeah.
1: Although it's hard to say that anybody who plays for Toronto is underrated because they're everybody from Toronto will tell us. Well, about them.
2: well, to be fair, to be fair, not counting their fans, uh, if you go with just the people that cover the team, they get held to such a ridiculous standard. So, like, I don't think they like the media truly up there truly appreciates how good Riley is in Canada. Yeah, be. And,
1: and and part of my reasoning for saying him is he gets overshadowed on his own team by like five other guys. Yeah. Goalie's, goalies
2: right? tough. Matt Murray. I, he, Connor Hellebuck. I was going to say, Matt Murray's not uh, underrated. Matt Murray's under-fucking-appreciated. <laughs>
0: um, Hellebuck's good. Ben Bishop. Yeah.
2: He had, what, a three-game shutout streak? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> And, like, Warren, we barely heard Warren, about Warren, it. Lauren Bressois is also a good one.
2: Yeah, Bersois is good. I'd say rename, rename, but he melts down when it matters. (laughs) On the road, especially.
1: I think that's all I have. There was a question. uh, I guess I'll ask him anyway. Aaron Feathers asked, how was your St. Patrick's Day? Good. I'm indifferent. I was sick. um,
0: I had pizza. (laughs) All right, anything to plug? I started flying a drone. (laughs) I saw that. You take good pictures with that drone.
2: I got a new job.
0: Yeah, I saw that too. Katie K-, K-, K. Yeah. I started playing Stardew Valley. Still? Yeah. Tending to my crops. Did you beat it yet? Oh, there's no beating it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that clearly shows how much I know about it.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we'll try to do this more often. Um,. We're gonna try to turn Dying Alive into a post game show in the playoffs. Yeah, yes. We're gonna see what we can do. See if the see if t- the time will allow. We're busy adults. Okay. Can can we take callers? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be fan Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Um, that'd be also a disaster. Yeah. I, I also. I also. We would-,
1: we would need. We would need a dedicated person t- to have the mute slash hang up button.
2: <laughs> yeah, screenings yeah. I also, I, I, I want to address that because I got a couple tweets from people that were like, where's the next episode? Didn't you say no more weeks off, guys? Life happens, okay? Life happens.
0: Yeah. All right. you, said it,
1: you said it more politely than I would have, so we'll just leave it that.
2: And, right. and, and trust me, if we were getting paid for this, I'd love to do it every day, but that's just not the case.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what. If somebody wants to pay me, we'll make it happen every week, guaranteed.
2: You want to toss some money our way? You want-
1: Actually, no, I'm not guaranteeing anything.
2: Just let me and Mike golf while we go in between doing episodes of Dying Live. Open <laughs> yeah. that bank account. Yeah. PayPal
1: in the bio. <laughs> All
0: right. We'll leave him with Vine of the Week. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>